0: I'm Richard Lane, and it's Friday, October the 7th. This week, we're discussing a manifesto for better health in the United Kingdom. And I'm delighted to be joined by one of the authors, a very distinguished cast of authors, leading experts in public health within the United Kingdom. And that is Lord Nigel Crisp, former chief executive of the National Health Service and former permanent secretary in the UK Department of Health. Welcome to the podcast. What is this manifesto for better health? And why are we publishing it now?
1: The main reason is that there needs to be a clear vision of what's happening, thanks to two things. One is that Brexit has created a great deal of uncertainty, particularly about staffing in the NHS. And so there are real questions about where the NHS is going. But also the NHS is under great pressure um, throughout the UK, I believe. And it seems to be sort of lurching from crisis to crisis. And people are saying, what's the vision? What does it look like? What do we need to do? We can't just keep firefighting. And so I and a group of others have sat down and produced four very simple themes that all of which need to be uh, uh, addressed, which we think will provide that sort of vision for the future that's needed.
0: Can you just go on and, and just describe briefly the details in the paper, which are freely available for everyone to look at, just to outline these four themes? The
1: first one is looking externally at the UK's role in the world. We have an extraordinary strength in health and the associated biomedical and life sciences, which were documented last year in a report on the UK's contribution to health globally. And this is an enormous strength that we have, and we should build that in as part of the industrial strategy for the UK, which the new government is working up. We see this as a real valuable for our economy, but also really valuable for establishing our place Uh, In the world. The second point is that actually to do that, you need a really strong platform of a really good health service in the country. And we know that the health service is in trouble financially at the moment. And what we're saying is we should accelerate the changes underway in the health service so that we're actually investing more money to turn it into a modern health service that is much more community and home-based, but it's much more use of technology to provide services to people. still has highly specialised hospitals, indeed, but the balance will sort have of shifted to providing services for people uh, in their own homes and communities. And the sort of key point there, I think, is that once the NHS does need more money, actually that more money should be invested in accelerating that change. So that we're talking about what's needed in 10 years' time rather than... Just what's
0: needed now. Just to come in on that point, is this a bit that relates to um, health and social care and the integration of?
1: Well, marginally. I mean, they're, 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 it's more than that, actually. I mean, health and social care is important, but it's actually much more about the fact that hospitals are too full of outpatients who don't need to be there. It's not just about bed blockers, it's actually about people just turning up for. Uh, investigations to be monitored and so on, when so much of that could be done at home. The third big point is that actually we know in health that so many of the problems are things that the health service can't deal with. I think about poor housing uh, and the reason that many people are stuck in mental health hospitals is they can't find housing elsewhere. I think about the fact that children's development is such that only 50% of children when they arrive at school at um, the age of five have passed all their developmental tests. These are all things that really affect our health and what we're saying here is that we need to do much more about what we're calling it creating a healthy society and a health creating society not just more promotion and uh, uh, and prevention but engaging everyone employers have a responsibility here educators schools have a responsibility here planners developers Everyone in society has a responsibility here. And the big line we're saying, really, is that in 1948, all the people who provided health services in the country came together to create a national health service for everyone. And we think this new government should take the lead in bringing together everyone who affects health, the people who run housing and employers and so on, in order to improve the health of the country and create Uh, if you like, a health-creating society. So that's a really big push down that line. And then our fourth, again, very simple point is that actually the NHS is a microcosm of wider society. We have people of huge diversity of people working within the NHS, and we think the NHS and health and science institutions... Can do more to tackle things like prejudice, racism, and divisions in society and be better, if you like, uh, corporate uh, citizens within their local communities.
0: Thank you, Nigel Crisp. We're speaking in the same week, of course, that the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, who is the same Secretary of State for Health in a new government as was in the previous government, has announced plans for increasing the training of doctors within the medical curriculum over the next few years but also there's been rhetoric hasn't there about medical staff being produced from within the system so uh, homegrown medical staff f- for the United Kingdom which has caused concern in some areas given that so much of the NHS for example is staffed by people from from, from outside these shores so wh- what's your view on, on what the current the new government is saying in relation to this I think
1: it's welcome that there will be An increase in medical students. Actually, I think even more importantly, there needs to be an increase in nursing students, but I don't think that that's going to fill the gap if we don't hang on to our neighbours from Europe and elsewhere. Um, I think the figures are that something like 20% or so of doctors in the UK have actually had their first training overseas and you know that if we increase the number of doctors of medical students we won't actually be seeing them as doctors for six or seven years or so and, and indeed more so i think you know it's, it's a question of both and i'm sure we should be training more i'm sure we shouldn't be taking people from africa and elsewhere but i'm equally sure that we should be hanging on to as many as possible of people who've made their home here who've lived here for years i know many people in the nhs as as, as you do who actually Maybe Portuguese or or French or, or, or Greek can have lived here for 20 years.
0: And tell us about your action plan, because you do spell out some clear action points arising from this manifesto. And that's really important, isn't it? Because you can have a very learned article published in a journal like The Lancet, but you've... Got to be able to act upon it. There's got to be accountability.
1: That's absolutely right. And we've just sketched out just two actions in each area, and really, in in many ways, they're they're again quite simple. So, in in the first area, we're saying, which is the one about being a big global presence in in health and associated sciences, we're saying firstly, actually, you've got to plan to do that. Bring the right people together so we can understand how the different sectors work better together, how the NHS can support this, how academic academia, the NHS and and commerce can work together in ways that are uh, both productive and, of course, ethical and and, and properly controlled. But the second thing we say is that people, European nationals working within our system, uh, need to be given guarantees that they can stay here uh, and that health and science need to have the sort of ability to recruit and retain people from outside this country very much the point we've just been talking about and i think from the conservative conference we heard confusing stories on this i think we heard liam fox saying this was likely to happen and i think we heard david davis saying it might not now i understand they're in a negotiation but i think this is a really important point that we do need to get clarity and preferably the right clarity on this immigration so those are two of the points but but further on Uh, in our our list of actions, we we say that we need to bring people together around their common responsibility for creating healthy communities and societies, and we think there should be pressure put particularly on people like employers and what they can do to improve health, and we think the government can provide some incentives around that, but it can also provide leadership by bringing people together so we're in a common endeavour to create a healthy society. So we make some specific points
0: on that. And are you optimistic, given that there is a new government, a Brexit decision, Well, the referendum has happened and it looks like that process is going to be starting early next year? I know there's a lot of flux at the moment, but are you optimistic that the fact that we've got a change in government now, even though it wasn't probably intended, uh, going back before June this year, is actually an opportunity to, to look at health more broadly more strategically because we tend to look at health in terms of the performance and the challenges or the failings in some parts of the national health service but you're talking more broadly aren't you so you're talking more broadly for example than simon Stevens' five year forward view for the national health service that was published a couple of years ago is that right
1: yes indeed we are i mean we're saying that you know the health and the economy are intimately linked and health and society are intimately linked this isn't just about A debate about the nhs and obviously simon's responsibility is the nhs nor is it about maintaining the nhs we have today it's about it's about creating the nhs we need tomorrow so it is big and broad and strategic and your point about a government is a a new government has an opportunity to rethink things so trying to say this now to the new government and getting access to them seems to us to be a positive time that maybe there's a chance to do it so there's better chance to be saying this now, are, of course, bigger risks because of the Brexit. I think our argument here is what sort of health service do you want? Invest in that. Don't just bail out the current model. Now, I'm not suggesting uh, for, for a moment that we change the funding of it, but I am changing, suggesting that we change the way the services are delivered and that we have this, you know, the direction people are trying to move in anyway, which is much more community, home, person-based service, but that we accelerate that. We make it explicit, that's what we're trying to invest in. And that costs money because whilst you're creating the new service, you've still got to pay for the old service, so you have the costs of double running. And you look at the problems in the NHS at the moment, and the overcrowding of hospitals, in part, is about a failure of services in the community. So we've got to invest in the right places. So I think uh, our argument with government is that if you are thinking about the future as you will be as a new government, then this is one of the great places to invest, and we also know that a healthy country um, has a higher productivity uh, and has impact on the economy that way as well.
0: Nigel Crisp, you are one of the authors at a manifesto for improved health in the United Kingdom that is being published by The Lancet, Friday, October the seventh. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you.